0: yep. Let's get that microphone on. Good Saturday morning, pet lovers. I'm Will Bangura. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Pet Talk today. It's Saturday the 30th. Hey, we're almost into October. Can you believe it? Next thing you know, it's going to be Christmas and then, then come all of the Christmas puppies. Hope you're doing well. Do me a favor. Hit that like button. Hit that share button if you're listening on an audio podcast. Hey, If you love what we do, give us a five-star review. So today I want to do a lot of question and answer. I want to get into your specific dog training and dog behavior problems. So if you're brand new to Pet Talk today, let me talk a little bit about how this works. Um, If you've got a question, if you would like help, With your dog's training and behavior, doesn't matter what the question is, doesn't matter how bad or how minimal it is, doesn't matter what kind of breed, doesn't matter how old your dog is. If you've got a problem and you would like me to help you, just go ahead and type your comments into the comment section or type your question into the comment section. Also, let me know where you're watching from. And if you have not subscribed to the Pet Talk Today audio podcast, make sure you get on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you get on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to the Pet Talk Today podcast because there's content on the audio podcast that doesn't make it to Facebook Live. Well, thanks for everybody being there. Again, hit that share button, hit that like button. Um, I want to be able to get into your questions. It doesn't matter whether it's aggression, doesn't matter if it's resource guarding, doesn't matter if it's separation anxiety, uh, destructive behavior, door dashing, pulling on the leash, potty training issues, dogs that jump, dogs that nip, Dogs that are destructive. Whatever the problem is, I'm here to help you deal with all of your dog training and behavior problems, okay? Uh Uh-oh. A lot of you have not heard that sound before. That sound means that it's time for Pet Talk News. All right, this week, missing toddler found sleeping in woods under her dog as a pillow after walking three miles barefoot. A two-year-old girl who walked barefoot more than three miles with her family's two dogs was found sleeping off a wooded Michigan trail using the smaller dog as a pillow, authorities said. Uh, Brooke Chase, the mother said that she had uh, an instinct to check on her daughter who had been playing in the yard and learned that the toddler's uncle told Thea to go inside because she had no shoes on. Well, when Chase and her brother-in-law realized Thea wasn't in the house, she said she began to yell. They searched for about 20 minutes before calling um, authorities and the Michigan State Police put out requests for drones search and rescue and canine teams while members of the close-knit community formed their own search party to help locate the child who was assumed to be somewhere in the heavily wooded area near the home Gianuzzi said around midnight four hours after police were first notified a family friend searching for Thea on an all-terrain vehicle came across chase the family Rottweiler buddy who started barking as he approached, according to Chase. Uh, The two-year-old was discovered a short way off the trail, sleeping on the ground with her head on top of Hartley, the family's English Springer. When the ATV driver tried to get near the toddler to wake her up, the smaller dog growled, Chase said. Well, that's a great story. Um, Luckily, that you know, ended well. I love the fact that the dogs went three miles with this child. Talk about some dedicated, loyal dogs. And, hey, when the child got too tired, then the child falls asleep, and the dogs stay there, and the child puts its uh, head on the dog's uh, flank and, and falls asleep. And then, of course, when rescue people come to find the child... Uh, the dogs want to protect the child. Um, if that's not a wonderful story about man's best friend, I don't know what is. Uh-oh. You know, I haven't done Pet Talk News in a long time, but there's a few things that, uh, that need to be addressed and talked about. So in our second segment of Pet Talk News... Um, Well, it's happened again, and it's not just once or twice or three times. It's not four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. It's 11 times. Yes, Monday, Commander, President Biden's German Shepherd, bit Secret Service members for the 11th time. Prior to that, there were 10 bites within three months. Now, here's the deal, you know, This dog has been sent to multiple boarding trains, three. Now they're going to send it back for a fourth one, and guess what? Yeah, the common denominator, they're using aversive tools and methods where they're punishing and suppressing the outward aggressive display, the behavior, but they're not doing anything to address Commander's underlying emotional state, which is anxiety, stress, and fear. You get rid of that underlying stress, anxiety, and fear There is absolutely no reason to bite, but when you punish, when you suppress that outward behavior, uh, Commander, for a little while, is intimidated and afraid to act out aggressively, but inside, that emotional state is building and building and building, and then eventually Commander snaps and it gets worse. Listen, months and months ago, the last time Commander went to board and train On my podcast, I made the prediction, A, it wasn't going to work, and B, that Commander would come back and the aggression would be worse. Now, all of a sudden, on Monday, we find out there's been 11 bites. Mr. President, Mrs. First Lady, if you keep sending the dog to a balanced trainer, they're going to keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Time to do something different. Find a certified dog behavior consultant, somebody who actually has formal education, is certified so they can actually help you. Quite frankly, a lot of my listeners could probably do a better job because they understand you need to use counter conditioning and desensitization when it comes to dealing with anxiety, fears, phobias, aggression reactivity if you want to learn more about how to help an aggressive dog a fearful dog a reactive dog a dog that has a lot of stress or phobias go to the pet talk today audio podcast and look for episode 98 episode 98 is about an hour and 35 minutes that goes through very specific protocols on how to rehabilitate how to address, how to manage, and how to change the underlying emotional state so dogs like Commander, and maybe you've got a dog like Commander that doesn't like strange people, you can get them to learn how to relax so that they're not viewing the triggers, in this case, Secret Service agents, as scary. We can change that into a positive. None of that work is being done. I know who the trainer is. I'm not going to say the name. None of the work's being done. None of that. So those of you that want to advocate for balanced training and how great it is, you want to advocate for the use of punishment and aversives, and somehow that's going to help aggressive dogs. I've said it forever that it's a temporary fix. It suppresses the outward behavior, and it's not long, one, two, three months at the most before the aggression comes back, and it's going to come back worse. Because you've added more stress, more fear, more anxiety in that dog's underlying emotional state when you used punishment, when you used aversive tools and methods like choke collars, prong collars, e-collars, yelling at the dog, yank and crank leash corrections, using spray bottles. No animal needs to experience fear, pain, or intimidation to learn. As a matter of fact, that actually... Hinders learning when they're in that type of emotional state. So, uh, those of you that are regular listeners, you're getting that message. I'm getting a lot of great emails. You are taking the information that I'm teaching you here on Pet Talk today, and you're going and you're implementing that with your dogs, and you're having fantastic success. That makes me just so thrilled. I love getting your emails. If you've got another success story, email that to me, send that to Will. At pettalktoday.com, will at pettalktoday.com. Also, if you have specific ideas, topics that you would like me to cover, send me an email. Again, it's will at pettalktoday.com. um Also, what would you rather have? This is your show. Do you want me to do all q and A? Do you want me to do interesting uh, stories in the community like Pet Talk News that I did? Do you want me to do interviews? And if you want me to interview people, what type of interviews would you like? This is your show. Don't be shy. Send me an email to will at PetTalkToday.com. If you're just joining us, I'm Will Bangura. I'm a certified dog behavior consultant as well as a certified professional dog trainer. And I'm also fear-free certified. I use positive reinforcement, and I work with the most difficult behaviors like fears, phobias, anxiety, aggression, reactivity, obsessive-compulsive behaviors, uh, serious elimination problems. You name it, I do it. I want to help you today with your training and behavior problems. I said it earlier, but if you're just joining us Go ahead and type your questions into the comment section and let me know where you're watching from and what kind of pets you have. And hit that like button, hit that share button for me. Um, Let me go into some questions. I've got email questions also that I want to um, address this hour as I'm going through things. Tracy, watching from South Dakota. Hey, Tracy, nice to have you here. Um, Alyssa, who's got a six-year-old Rottweiler who has separation anxiety and has started to show aggression that she never had before. She's now pulling on leash, walking, and chasing. Never had that before. How do I handle this? Well, Alyssa, you've got a six-year-old Roddy, um, and they've got separation anxiety, and he started to show aggression. Um, I'm guessing without all the details that the dog had separation anxiety for a while, maybe even since it was younger because it's six now. And what I think I'm understanding you say is that, but now we're starting to see aggression. So it's not just the separation anxiety. We're starting to see aggression. What type of aggression are we talking about? Okay, Alyssa, what kind of aggression? Is this resource guarding? Is it aggression towards you? Is it aggression when you try to leave and the dog doesn't want to be separated? Those are things that I would like you to comment on, and that way I can answer your questions a whole lot more. But there's definitely things that we can do. So can you give me more information, Debbie? I'd appreciate that. Uh, Let's see. We've got V watching from Los Angeles, the left coast. Glad that you're here. Uh, Debbie is watching. She says, I've got a three. I lost Debbie. I've got a three year old golden retriever uh, that I'm having a hard time socializing. Every time I take her out, she'll pull on her leash and try to get back in the car. How can I get her to enjoy going out to new places and not be afraid? Um, and then Mary says, my in-training service dog loves people too much. What can I do to lessen her excitement? Yes, we got a lot of great questions there. Um, I'm really hoping. Okay, so Alyssa says aggression towards everyone except my daughter and myself. All right. Um, how long ago did the aggression start? Alyssa, let me know how long the aggression has been going on for and how long the separation anxiety has been going on for. Okay. That is something that, that I need to know about. Um, Debbie, your three-year-old golden retriever uh, that you've had a hard time socializing. Every time you take her out, she'll pull on the leash and she'll try to get back in the car. Um, first of all, I would start getting her comfortable on the leash in your backyard or in your house and pair that with high value food rewards. Then I would step out the door with the dog on the leash with high value food rewards. And I would step back in the house, step out the house, feed, step in the house, feed, step out the house, feed. In the house feed. Be very happy, excited, and jolly, like, oh, look what we're doing. We're going outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then bring the dog right back in again and reward. Oh, we're going back outside. Let's go, 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 go. Get out the door, you feed, then bring the dog back inside. Little by little, over a period of time, gradually, systematically, you're gonna get the dog out further. One step, two steps, three steps, four steps. Don't take the dog further than what the dog is comfortable with and pair that distance, the comfortable distance, with food every single time. What a lot of people do is they make the mistake of pushing their dog too far, too fast. The dog starts having stress, anxiety, and fear, and they wanna, you know, like you said, wanna get back home. So their experience that's associated with going out there is negative it's bad they don't like it as far as they're concerned it's punishment and then when you take them home that's the reinforcement because they feel better that's negative reinforcement you're removing something uncomfortable which they don't want to be outside but you need to also fast movement run out the door two steps run back in I mean, make this like it's like the dog is bringing you the Mega Millions uh, Powerball ticket, okay? Get really excited. Use this happy jolly routine. Start laughing. Hey, let's go, 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 go. Get outside and move fast. Give a treat, then right back in the house. Don't worry about going for a walk yet. Start with having your dog learn that it's a blast. Wonderful things happen. Just going in and out the door. And then when that's a fun 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 game go out the door two three steps and then come back in and do the same thing over and over but at any point in time you get further away from the house and your dog starts displaying stress signals now the big one tail tuck the dog's going to run uh want to run back home that you're way too far at that point look for things like lip licking tongue flicks ears being back dilated pupils, um, the dog panting, okay, those type of things. Low-level stress, that's too much. Now, you need to go to the Pet Talk Today audio podcast. Do a Google search, Pet Talk Today audio podcast. You need to look for episode 98. Episode 98 is exactly how you deal with this problem. I guarantee if you listen to episode 98 and you follow those guidelines, you're going to have success with your dog. Now, for some reason, if you're not, you can always contact me. Where am I? Dogbehaviorist.com. There it is right there. Dogbehaviorist.com. I do behavior consultations all over the world, virtually virtually. And we're super successful because I'm great at teaching you. And you're the person that needs to be taught how to deal with your dog, teaching your dog to be calm, relaxed, and no longer be afraid uh, to go outside. And there's a lot of things that we can do. But I would start with that uh, to begin with. Tracy watching from South Dakota. Hey, Tracy, how are you? Thank you for being here. Uh We'll get back to Alyssa and your separation anxiety uh, and pulling. She mm, Tracy says, my dogs are constant lickers. One licks people, the other herself. Um, licking on herself, Tracy, depending upon where she's licking and how long she's licking and if she's licking to the point where um, she might be causing sores, um, two things. One, typically allergies. Get your dog to the veterinarian. Let's see if there's some kind of food insensitivity, food insensitivity, or some kind of allergy. Okay. Um, also, anxiety. Dogs can lick and chew themselves. Kind of an obsessive, compulsive behavior. Um, and in a way, it's be- beyond grooming. It's almost a self-soothing thing. Some dogs, like yours, may also grab toys. Um, cloth like items and kind of suckle on it, use it as a pacifier. I don't know if it's that if that your dog does that, but again, another anxiety uh, thing as well. What you want to think about, you don't like the licking, Tracy, but what kind of a behavior could we teach your dog to do through positive reinforcement, having a lot of fun doing it, Your dog having a lot of fun doing it? That if your dog did that alternative behavior, and we're looking for a behavior that if your dog's doing the alternative behavior to licking and your dog's committed to the alternative behavior, that your dog cannot engage in licking when it's doing something else, okay? So, for example, if I ask my dog to lay down and I'm an arm's length away from the dog, well, the dog can't lick. But I want to proactively be working on teaching the dog to lay down for several weeks. I want to make it a real fun exercise. I want to use high-value food rewards so that it's worth the dog's while. You know, I had somebody ask me, um, when can we stop using food rewards? And I said, when they stop paying you at your job. Now, granted, we can wean down on them. But if there's no positive reinforcer, behaviors extinguish got to be fun. They've got to be motivated. Food is usually the biggest motivator, but it's how you use the, it's how you use the food. A lot of people are like, Hey, I don't want to bribe my dog. I don't want you to bribe your dog either. There's a right way and a wrong way to use food. If you go to my website, dogbehaviorist.com, I recently I don't know, it's like three or four articles back. But if you go to dogbehaviors.com, go to the menu, click on articles, look for my article on the appropriate use of food in training. That's also very critical for, for having success. Um, let me get back in here into the questions. Walking and chasing, never had that before. Do, 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 liquors. okay all right going back to your question um debbie about your three-year-old golden retriever that you're having a hard time socializing every time i take her out she will pull on the leash and try to get back in the car how can i get her to enjoy going out to new places and not be afraid um When it comes to that, you've got to get your dog exposed to different locations, but you've got to watch your dog's body language. You've got to know, hey, is my dog stressed out? Okay. Is my dog stressed out? And if the dog is stressed out, you don't want your dog exposed to that location. You're too close to that location too soon. You need to gradually slowly get your dog accustomed but you've got to keep your dog at a safe distance a safe space where it doesn't have a care in the world and then when your dog is in that environment that was scary but you're at a far enough distance where the dog feels safe you need to start feeding high value food rewards and then you disengage from that exposure stop feeding Now you re-engage with that trigger, you start feeding again. Now, there's a lot more nuances and information, but that's just the gist of it. Again, episode 98 of the audio Pet Talk Today podcast, Um, I cannot tell you, if you've got a dog, any fear, any anxiety, any stress, any reactivity, any aggression, that is something that is going to help counter conditioning and desensitization need to need to take a quick second to uh, talk about our sponsor here. If I can get that little lower third to go away. Are you familiar with calm dogs? It's a natural supplement that helps dogs with anxiety, fears, phobias, fireworks, storms, other noise sensitivities, helps with aggression, helps with reactivity, car rides, grooming, vet visits, any behavior that is rooted in anxiety or fear and aggression and reactivity are as well. Calm Dogs is going to help. This is the strongest product on the market today that is all natural. Calm Dogs was developed by me. I spent five years, five years developing Calm Dogs because nothing, nothing on the market that was natural would work. And it took me five years through research and development to find what ingredients had research studies where they were duplicated and showed that the ingredients that I have in calm dogs all have statistical significance that they help reduce fear, anxiety, phobias, reactivity, and aggression. I'm so convinced that my product will help you. It's doing amazing things. We're getting amazing reviews from it. But like anything else, you know, you say to yourself, well, I've tried a lot of these. I don't know if I want to spend more money, and if it doesn't work, waste it. You don't have to waste a cent. I offer a 100% money-back guarantee. You try Calm Dogs for six weeks. You need to give it to your dog twice a day. You try it for six weeks. If your dog does not improve, let me know. You get 100% of your money back. You can get Calm Dogs by going to DogAnxiety.com. That's DogAnxiety.com. Or you can go to CalmDogs.com. You can also scan the QR code that you see uh, currently on the screen. All right, enough of that. Um, But literally, I'm getting emails constantly from people that um, with aggression, fears, phobias, uh, separation anxiety, their dogs are getting better. Will it help every dog? No. It's not going to help a dog that's super severe that might need medication. But I've also had dogs that were pretty darn severe and it helped them. So sometimes it's an alternative to medication without the unwanted side effects. It's all natural. All right. Let me get back to uh, the questions here. All right. Blanche says, hi, my three-year-old Chihuahua Ella, after three months um, at home, uh, loves to go out and walk to the corner, then stops, looks back, and wants to go home. Thanks. Um, Well, there's a couple things. Your dog could have pain. 80% of dogs with aggression have a contributing factor that's medical. And the two biggest contributing factors are pain and hormonal imbalances. Now, I'm not a veterinarian. I can't give out medical advice. But, you know, when we've got a dog that starts getting aggressive or we got a dog that was walking and stops walking, their physical activity starts to diminish, the first thing we should do is take our dogs to the veterinarian, rule out any potential medical contributing factors to your dog's behavior, especially if the behavior just completely turned on a dime overnight. That's usually a sign that there might be a medical contributing factor. Like I said, I'm not a vet. But it is good standard operating procedure. When you've got a serious behavior problem with your dog, you get your dog checked out by the vet. Then you contact somebody qualified. What do I mean by qualified? Listen, this is an unregulated industry. It's very scary. You've got to be very careful who you hire to help with your dog. Because it's unregulated, nobody has to have education, nobody has to know anything, and they can call themselves a dog trainer. You get on a website, you assume they're a professional, they know what they're doing. Folks, if you're looking for a dog trainer, go to the Certification Council for Professional Dog Trainers. Again, the Certification Council for Professional Dog Trainers. They've got a directory of fantastic certified professional dog trainers and also certified behavior consultants now if you really if you really want the creme de la creme when it comes to behavior consultants behaviorists go to the international association of animal behavior consultants again the international association of animal behavior consultants and look up a behavior consultant in your area. Everybody, I think, that picks up a leash has good intentions, except for the dog daddy. And the problem is without a lack with with the lack of formal education. They don't know what they don't know. They've got good intentions, but they're making a mess out of things, especially dogs that have fears, anxieties, phobias, aggression. Please make sure you find someone with formal education. They've studied animal behavior, undergraduate studies, graduate studies. They do continuing education. They've taken the time to prove their knowledge skills and abilities through certification through the certification for professional dog trainers and or certification through the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants. If you don't see those two, if if the person you're looking at isn't involved there isn't certified, run. There's plenty of certified people. You don't need to take the risk of having somebody that has little to know formal education and knows very little about behavior, even though they've got good intentions to work with your dog, especially with serious behavior problems. Um, So yeah, Blanche, we need to check things with the veterinarian. We need to rule out, make sure there's no pain or any other uh, medical conditions. And then Blanche, I, I, I know it's a broken record, but going to the Pet Talk Today audio podcast, listening to episode 98, You can also go to my website at dogbehaviorist, where is it, dogbehaviorist.com, and go to the article section and grab the article on counter-conditioning and desensitization. As a matter of fact, if you grab that article, down at the bottom of the article, I believe I've got the podcast embedded. But again, I've got a lot of great information on the audio podcast that if you're only watching Facebook live, you're not going to get all the latest and greatest. If you're not going to my website at dogbehaviors.com, you're not getting the latest and greatest. So subscribe to the audio podcast and give us a like, give us a share, give us a review. All right, let's get back to some questions. I'm waiting to see if um, some of the earlier questions are going to give me a little more. Okay. Alyssa says, the aggression started last year. She didn't show signs of separation anxiety until I started working from home. And now that I need to go back outside uh, the home to work, she uh, is becoming whining and uh, aggressive. Well, here's the thing. Three years old. We start seeing between a year and a half and three year olds dogs having big behavior problems that they never had. And one of the contributing factors oftentimes is genetics and heritability. And it takes time for the egg to cook, takes time for your dog to get a little bit older and the brain to develop. And all of a sudden, boom, we start having these problems. So your dog's got a lot of anxiety um, When it comes to separation anxiety, if it's severe, you need professional help. Separation anxiety is very difficult, and there are very, very few trainers that are good with separation anxiety. Um, Look and see if you can find a certified separation anxiety trainer. You can go to... Uh, melenademartini.com and she has people that are certified in separation anxiety but I'm, I'm going to let you know they're going to work with you virtually That's that's what behavior consultants do we work with you virtually and it's very successful now if you want to deal with the aggression which you definitely need professional help definitely need professional help and the separation anxiety well you can go to my website at dogbehaviorist.com i've got a lot of articles on those things a couple articles on separation anxiety articles on aggression articles on counter conditioning and desensitization but you may very well need to hire a consultant like i said you can go to my website at dogbehaviorist.com i do behavior consultants all over the world um, but that's a that's a really difficult thing. Um, one of the first things, and I know it's tough when we're we're dealing with separation anxiety, we have to avoid absences. If your dog continues to rehearse that behavior, it's going to get worse. If your dog continues to rehearse that behavior, that separation anxiety, it's going to get more and more ingrained and it's going to stress the relationship between you and your dog. So there are some very specific protocols, very specific work that needs to be done in order to help your dog with separation anxiety. And that usually is going to take uh, several weeks, minimum six weeks of doing work. And during that time, we have to make sure that the dog's not alone whether that means bringing in a sitter, whether that means having a friend or a family member coming over, or whether that means uh, seeing if you can work from home again for a little while. But we've got to do some very specific work. And imagine we are fixing a broken water pipe and we need to avoid the absences with your dog well that's us turning off the main water valve for the water pipe we can't fix the broken water pipe when water is leaking all over the place we got to turn off the main valve so we avoid the water well you need to begin avoiding absences i know that's that can be tough for people but it's probably not going to happen without it now the calm dogs that um i talked about A second ago, we have had fantastic results using behavior modification along with the Calm Dog supplement that you can get at DogAnxiety.com or CalmDogs.com. It comes with a 100% money-back guarantee. So doing behavior modification for separation anxiety in conjunction with the Calm Dog supplement, you're going to see a whole lot greater success. Um but literally you've got to walk out the door for a second walk back in walk out the door for a second back in walk out the door for a second back in make that the most boring thing in the world to your dog could care less then you're walking out for 2 seconds coming back in walk out for 2 seconds come back in walk out for 2 seconds come back in you get the idea gradually systematically you're going to add a little more time to the duration of time you're absent but don't engage your dog and make this very, very, very boring. Very boring. Don't reward the dog with food. That is old school training practices with separation anxiety. We want your dog calm, extremely calm. You come back in, give your dog food, your dog gets excited again. That's not what we want. But if you come, go, come, go, come, go, come, go, come, go, come go Super short duration, but do it a lot. Your dog's going to be like, been there, done, that crazy guy keeps going in and out. That crazy lady keeps going in and out. Then add a little bit of time. And I'm talking a tiny bit of time of duration. Now, as you start adding more and more time duration when you walk out the door, I need you, as the time expands to throw in intermittently very short duration. What do I mean by that? Let's say you've worked yourself up to three minutes and you keep going out, three minutes, come back. Go out, three minutes, come back. I want you to go out, three minutes, come back. Go out, 30 seconds, come back. Go out, three minutes, come back. Go out, three minutes, come back. Go out, 10 seconds, come back. So overall, you're adding more and more duration to your absence for separation. But as you're adding more and more duration, you are intermittently throwing in short duration absence so that you're not creating a pattern that the dog will pick up on. It keeps getting longer and longer and longer and longer. Oh, shit. They're going to be gone a long time. We don't want the dog figuring out that pattern, okay? So that's why we're going to throw in some short duration And mix it up and vary it. But the overall pattern is to add more and more time. But you got to do it slowly. At any point in time, your dog starts to experience any level of stress. You have left too long too soon. It's all about doing this a lot, over over and 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 over. It will get better. But go to my website, check out my articles. Um, In addition to that, you could also check out uh, uh, Milena DiMartini and her book on separation anxiety. Or you can go to her website, MilenaDemartini.com, and she has a book on separation anxiety. Um, Some dogs with separation anxiety, if it's really severe... They may need a supplement. They may need medication along with that. Again, I'm not a veterinarian, but separation anxiety can be very, very tough. Um, in some cases, it's a huge panic attack. Um, yeah, the, you know, the thing about anxiety in dogs, they kind of go hand in hand with aggression. All right. And the fact that you've got aggression, the fact that you've got a Rottweiler, the, which if they bite, they can do a lot of damage. They're big and it's six years old, absolutely get this dog to the veterinarian, make sure everything's okay there physically. And you need to find yourself a certified behavior consultant or a veterinary behaviorist, somebody highly qualified to help you with your dog. Right now, you need to avoid the triggers. And again, nobody likes that. It's not the cure but it's the first step to the cure. And again, I'll use the analogy. If the problem wasn't the dog, if the problem was a broken water pipe, the first thing we need to do is turn off the main water. Now we can successfully work on fixing the broken pipe. But if we keep the water on, that's us not avoiding triggers. The water on is us not avoiding triggers. And we try to do the work of fixing it's just a mess and we're not going to have success just like you wouldn't have success fixing a broken water pipe if you didn't turn the water off you're not going to have success dealing with aggression fears phobias anxiety separation anxiety if you're not avoiding the triggers then we set up a very specific training plan and behavior modification plan and treatment plan and protocols where we are proactively setting up scenarios exposing your dog to triggers at a safe distance in a way that will teach your dog to be calm to be relaxed and not view those triggers as scary or fearful or the need to be aggressive or panicking because you're gone now also a lot of dogs um, Alyssa that have separation anxiety, and anybody else listening, a lot of dogs that have separation anxiety, a lot of dogs that um, have aggression. In addition to that, they've got other anxiety issues. And in addition to that, um, many of them, many of them have resource guarding issues. As a matter of fact, I'm here to tell you that all aggression is resource guarding. I just wrote a textbook for pet professionals. Um, Pet parents could buy it as well. It's on Amazon. It's called Taming the Treasure Keepers. Um, It's a evidence-based, science-based guide, a textbook for pet professionals on managing, addressing, um, and treating resource guarding. But I want you to think about it. Territorial aggression. It's resource guarding. Food aggression, resource guarding. Toy aggression, resource guarding. Being protective of a human in the house, resource guarding. They're a resource. Um, Their bed, their crate, where they lay down. Maybe they lay at your feet and you move and they're aggressive. Location, resource guarding, aggression. Dog on dog aggression. Usually it's always over resources, whether it be some space whether it be a toy whether it be food whether it be one of the owners the pet parents whether it be another pet in the house all aggression is resource guarding but you can get my textbook taming the treasure keepers and you can get that today on amazon.com um let me look and see if we've got other questions here um But let me get back to the licking. So Tracy and anybody else that has a behavior problem with your dog, if your dog has a behavior problem and you don't like it, rather than thinking about what you don't like or what you don't want, because then we tend to want to punish the dog for that. And it's not fair, especially if we didn't teach the dog a behavior that would be appropriate to do that we can reward. So it's called differential reinforcement the classic example is somebody comes to the house and your dog likes to jump on guests. Well, rather than punish the dog for that, we would take time proactively to start teaching the dog to sit when the door opens. And then we would start working with calm, quiet guests We'd open the door and they would just stand at the door and we'd keep making the dog sit every time until the cue for sitting is the door opening and a stranger coming in. And we're going to be rewarding the heck out of the dog. That's got to be more interesting and more rewarding to sit when a stranger comes than meeting the stranger. And this is one of the reasons why I don't let my dogs get excited around other people besides me and my family this is another reason why i don't let other people get excited around my dogs get my dogs excited now i gotta correct their behavior so i tell people you know ignore my dogs and i don't let my dogs go crazy around people i want calm dogs and they're very happy very happy being aloof to strange people. Very happy my dogs are being aloof to strange dogs. Folks, your dogs don't need to play with every dog that's out there. You're getting your dogs into dog fights by trying. You think socialization is they've got to sniff butts with every dog out there. You think socialization is I got to get my dog to the dog park. Dogs are constantly getting in fights there. Socialization is about exposing your dog in close proximity to as many things as possible so that your dog doesn't develop fears. That doesn't mean that your dog needs to integrate and play with every dog, or it doesn't mean that your dog has to play with every person. You know, if you go to Germany, the culture is completely different. Everybody leaves everybody else's dog alone. Dogs don't get excitable when they see a strange dog. Dogs don't get excitable in Germany when they see strange people. Nobody asks to come up and pet their dog. Oh, nobody says, hey, can my dog meet your dog? And as a result, the dogs there are super calm. They get to go everywhere, in the stores, in the restaurants, on public transportation. They're not service dogs. They didn't have any incredibly high-end training, but people left the dogs alone. They didn't get them all jacked up. It's amazing. We do a lot of things wrong here in the United States. Now it's not that I don't want your dog to have fun with people or have fun with dogs, but I want you to discriminate. I want you to pick just a few people pick just a few dogs you know, every time I want to socialize, I don't go into a big party where there's 50 and 100 people, and I don't do that three times or four times, five times a week. And that's what you're doing when you're bringing your dog to a dog park. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. If you frequent a dog park long enough, your dog's going to get into a fight, and it might damage your dog. Find friends, find coworkers, find family. That have stable calm dogs and set up play dates have people that meet your dog be super calm super calm but yeah separation anxiety um aggression. Those are things that you typically, you can learn about it. You can get information on my website. I can give you a little bit here to make you dangerous, but you really need to think about hiring a professional, uh, for that. Uh, let's see what else we got. All right. Alyssa aggression towards everyone except my daughter and myself. Yeah. So Alyssa, um, you definitely need to get your dog into a vet. You definitely need to find somebody that can help you. Um, If you go to, here's the thing. I even forgot about it. Um, August 7th. I think that's next Saturday. I'm doing a two hour webinar on aggression. I don't know if you've seen that, but we've got 25 spaces available. First come first serve $42 dirt cheap for two hours of, um, a webinar on aggression. And that way we can get kind of into some specifics about your dog when we're doing that. But if you want to sign up for that dog aggression webinar, which is uh, next Saturday, you can go to dogbehaviorist.com and just uh, go to the menu and find where it says webinar and you can sign up right there. All right. My in training service dog loves people too much. What can I do to lessen her excitement? South Carolina Mary. I got a friend and great friend, best friend in Florence, South Carolina. Uh, Love Myrtle Beach. Love it, love it, love it. Um, So Mary, the first thing that you need to do is start teaching your dog to have a strong sit with mild distractions, then a strong sit with moderate distractions, then a strong sit with heavy distractions. You got to do that gradually and systematically you've got to be much more excitable much more interesting in the world than anybody else that's out there you need super high value food rewards to reinforce that sitting Um, but you've got to do distraction training people are just distractions to get your dog excited okay and so you know one of the things that you could do here's the good use of a dog park don't go in the dog park work at a distance that your dog can handle without being reactive, without being distracted, where your dog can focus on you. Work obedience commands at a distance from that dog park. They're your distraction. Little by little, as your dog is having success, staying focused on you and filtering out the distractions, get closer and closer and closer. Not over days, over weeks and maybe a couple months. And at any point in time, you lose your dog's focus, your dog becomes reactive or aggressive. You've gone too close to those, to the stimuli, to the strange dogs and people before your dog had enough conditioning at the lower level distraction. Then you start moving into uh, the higher level uh, distractions with that. Uh, try and high value food. She ignores it. Well, Mary, here's the thing. Does your dog love that high-value food when you're in the house and you don't have that stimuli? Because if your dog outside, when it sees people, won't take food, now we're talking about a dog that is getting so aroused it's crossing over into anxiety. Okay? Now, one thing, Mary... Maybe there's a toy that your dog likes better than food. But Mary, you're too close too soon. If your dog won't take the food, you need to be working at a much further distance where your dog will take food. And then work at that distance for several weeks. And you need to be out there four or five times a week doing these training sessions. They're short, 10 minutes. Again, if you go to episode 98 of the Pet Talk Today podcast on counter conditioning and desensitization, Mary, that's the ticket. That's an hour and a half instruction of what you need to be doing. Uh, Yeah, I know you you say she just started uh, signs of separation anxiety until you started uh, working from home and then going back to work. Chances are she would have had the separation anxiety anyway that we know from research and science. Um, So you're going to need to be working on that. Um, And again, dogs with anxiety, well, they tend to have other problems like aggression. Aggression and anxiety go hand in hand. Reactivity, anxiety, they go hand in hand. Resource guarding and anxiety, hand in hand. Um, But yeah, I've got over 70 articles, lots of different topics, lots of different great information. So make sure you're stopping by my website at dogbehaviorist.com. And checking out those articles and make sure that you do a Google search for the pet talk today podcast, whether it's Apple podcasts, Spotify. Um, I think it's Amazon echo. I don't know, Alexa, something like that, but subscribe. So you never miss an issue. And if you love what we do, please give us a five-star review, um, on Apple podcasts and any of the other podcasting platforms. Um, So let's see here, going back to questions, got a lot of great questions today, I really appreciate it, Uh, let's see here, Bonnie, 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 what's going on with you today? I like to get this out there for us dog persons, yesterday I walked between cars to grocery, to a grocery, I guess, store, I was not Talking or running or touching cars. The dog latched onto my arm from a car window. Uh, wow. That was down. Yes, it hurt bad. I calmly told the dog to let go. And what does the rest of the message say? Ah, come on, come on, come on. Told the dog to let go. Can't see the rest of the message. Well, I can't read it. It keeps kicking me out of there. Um... Yeah, you know, I was, um, I was eight years old and, um, I walked up, I don't know why I remind, you know, I'm 57. I'm thinking when I was eight years old, I walked up to a car, there was a German shepherd in the car. And I asked the guy if I could pet the dog, I pet the dog and the dog bit me. One of the incisors bit me right by my nose. The other one bit me in the head. Um, So, yeah, you got to think about it. Cars are territory, and it's a very small, confined territory. A lot of dogs can be more aggressive in the car towards strangers than strangers coming into the house. So um, just know that. Yeah, you got to be careful. Got to be careful. And also, um, you know, those of you that are driving in your cars and you like to let the dog, you know, stick their head out the window. First of all, it might not be the safest thing in the world. And no, will I'm not my happy dog parent self today. I'm sorry, Bonnie, it sucks. It sucks. But you know, take that lemon and make it into lemonade. You start advocating for things. You start spreading the message. And you can make, uh, hopefully make some good out of that. Uh, v says, my dog doesn't seem to like the leash around his neck. Uh, he seems he seems to shut down. He doesn't take treats and his body language looks low and his facial expressions look sad. I'm afraid of adding more to his anxiety fear. Yeah. So V, what I want you to begin to do is get that, what is it, the leash? leash around his neck are you talking about the collar or the leash or is it a slip leash well this is what i want you to do i want you to just take it out five times a day for about two minutes set it on the ground and i want you to sprinkle some high value food rewards around it do that for three or four days unless your dog doesn't choose to eat the treats do it a little longer Till your dog eats the treats for three or four days then have your dog go up to it and pick it up and feed a treat set it down pick it up feed a treat to your dog set it down do that for a couple days until you can tell your dog's really comfortable with that then you're going to take it one step further you're going to pick it up and you're going to bring it towards your dog but just a little bit towards your dog don't try to put it on the dog yet Bring it a little bit towards the dog, feed, feed, feed constantly and continuously with high value food rewards, then remove the leash so it's not so close to him, but stop feeding. And again, now pick up the leash, bring it a little closer, and maybe you just have a very light touch of that leash or collar for the briefest of duration, and you give a jackpot a handful of chicken, and you do that several times gradually systematically in little tiny slices we've got a pair positive reinforcement with what your dog doesn't like and at any point he starts to show stress you need to dial it back a little bit and go into procedures that you were doing previously at a distance previously where your dog um, did not have any problems with that. But again, a lot of your questions, folks, um, there's a lot of detail that you can get and help you. A lot of these questions are the same. Please, please, please go to the Pet Talk Today audio podcast. Look for episode 98 on counter conditioning and desensitization. I guarantee you that is going to help you tremendously and if you need professional help, you can contact me at dogbehaviorist.com. If you got a dog with anxiety, stress, fears, phobias, aggression, reactivity, hey, check out my product, Calm Dogs, at doganxiety.com. It's a natural supplement. Use it for six weeks. Give it twice a day. If you don't see improvement, you let me know, and I'll refund 100% of your money back well folks we are out of time it's 10 o'clock great questions love you guys hit that like button hit that share button tell your friends about this so that more people can benefit from what we do this is your show let me know what you want me to cover and have a great great weekend